Welcome back to Tailgates and Turnovers, everybody. Back again from a much-needed vacation. I am your host, Tyler. Joined by Bennett and Gray to cover Week 8. Fellas, how are we doing tonight? Doing good, doing good. How are y'all doing? Not too bad. I'm, I'm good, man. It was good having a bye week, and I, um, I fought the war on leaves in my yard. I got, I got a new gas mower. So, or I got a gas blower. Oh, there so, you go. So did you win the war? Yeah. I won the battle. There we go. <laughs> the war is coming. War goes on. Yeah, have leaves started falling in, in big numbers for you guys down there yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what yeah. about you? How's, how's your vacation? It was good. good. Yeah, nice little week down in Florida. Got to do some scenic driving through uh, down I-65. Um, got caught up on traffic a couple times in Nashville of all places. Wasn't expecting that, but you know, we'll, we'll added time on the trips, but definitely glad to be back. Glad to be back talking to you guys and ready to ch- talk shop over what I missed in college football. So hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. So let's get started with uh, probably the one newsworthy item of the week. Uh, Charlotte fired their head coach, Will Healy, after a one and seven start. Um, tough, real tough break for Charlotte. I mean, they were definitely expected to be better than what they were this year. They just have not performed to where they should be. Um, going to be interesting to see where Healy ends up. He's probably going to get an OC gig somewhere at a power five school. I would imagine at the very least, um, you know, he's a dy- maybe not a high end power five school, but he, he's going to get some looks somewhere. Yeah. He'll get something that he wins. Um, Tough job too. I mean, like Charlotte. I think they've only had football for like six or seven years. So yeah, it's uh, it's, it's definitely just hard to step in there and try to recruit. I mean, you figure with where they're located, they would be able to pull at least some guys in there from North Carolina that didn't land at one of the big four or five schools plus App State. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of talent in North Carolina. Yeah, a lot of talent and a lot of people fighting over them. Like just that whole that Atlantic Seaboard has got a lot that. There's going to be quite a few schools going after. So, I mean, you got, again, name of the game is recruiting. As always, you got to be able to recruit well and, you know, you got to be able to get those guys to produce. So it's kind of a circular, it's kind of a cycle. If you don't get your guys to produce, you're not going to be able to get good recruits. So um, unfortunate, but he's, he had a good resume before coming to Charlotte. So I think he's definitely going to get some looks elsewhere. Yeah. He'll find something. It's it's all good. Just got to find somebody else to fill a spot. Definitely. But with that being said, let's just get right into the game recaps here. Uh, just going to kind of go through them by conference here. Uh, you know, some of them talk a little bit more about for the bigger games, obviously, but um, some of these we'll just kind of breeze through here. Uh, we'll start off with the G5, get those out of the way. Uh, number 21, Cincinnati continues their win streak. Uh, they beat SMU 29 to 27. Um, you know, still a good football team. I don't think anybody's super surprised by that. Luke Fickle's a good coach, and despite all the talent that they lost, this past year, uh, they are going to be just fine as they look to a Big 12 season soon. Um, that 29-27, that is a uh, – that's for the, you gamblers out there, that was not what you wanted to see. Yeah, there was um, a couple of the guys, especially the down with the biggest guys that took the spread. I think me and you both had the straight-up money line. I think on I had game. the money line, yeah. Yeah, I had the money line. Um but yeah, that, that's a tough beat. I mean, they scored with like I don't know, forty-five seconds left to go down, <laughs> to go uh, down by two. So, oh, those tough day. Those are the worst. Uh, that was like I think I think it was like the Steelers game earlier this season where 
some they threw like a pick six or no they it was like that last second play where it was they were trying to do a fumble ruski and it got into the end zone and the other team scored and just completely shattered the parlay that I had basically locked in at that point. Was, that was brilliant. yeah. It amazes me how often that happens. Just like in sports in general, like even in basketball, someone will drain a three with like two seconds left, and it doesn't matter. They're already down by eight, but it just ruins the spread. Yep, <laughs> it's mind blowing. Oh People- no, Bas- basketball is the worst. Yeah. <laughs> that happens like yeah. every game. <laughs> yeah. People who have an argument who uh, think sports are rigged definitely have a decent amount of evidence in their favor <laughs> sometimes, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, Cincinnati still continuing to produce on the field. They're going to bounce back. Probably going to finish in the top 25 this year still. I uh, can't really imagine them dropping another big one anytime soon. But uh, next up, the number 25 team beat Tulane. Tulane. Oh, Tulane beat Memphis. Oh, gotcha. gotcha. Number 25, Tulane beat, beat Memphis. Memphis. Okay. 38 to 28. No, you're good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, Tulane, also a pretty good team this year. I mean, they've shown over the past couple of years they've been able to hang with the big dogs in spurts, and, you know, it's a good. they're in a good spot. They're in yeah. Louisiana, so they've got access to talent just like any of the Louisiana schools do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, no, and, and they came on at a huge time, too, when the Saints are doing bad. They're putting the city on their shoulders mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, like riding that green wave. Yeah, a lot, a lot of Tulane fans over Tiger fans in uh, in New Orleans. No, uh, <laughs> I mean honestly, only if you went there. Honestly, like that's the only people I know that like Tulane a little bit more. Like you know, it's like people that go here that live where I live in Lake Charles and go to McNeese, but mm-hmm. they don't even really like McNeese that much more than OSU. You know, because it doesn't yeah. matter. They're not going to do anything. Right. Yeah, so I'll, I'll always have love, love for Tulane though. My one of my favorite Bears players ever was a Tulane alum. So yeah, I'll, uh, the man Matt Forte. But yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I remember uh, Tulane had like a big win against Houston last year. At, like the last second, they aired out a hail mary or something. And I remember I knew people at the game, and they said it was insane. But uh, yeah, it's just good for. I'm happy for Tulane. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, next up, the uh, the James Madison Dukes are kind of continuing their downward spiral here after uh, climbing pretty high for a first year in the FBS. Uh, they lost to Marshall twenty six to twelve. Marshall finally bouncing back after a string of pretty tough losses, and uh, James Madison just kind of still sliding a little bit. So, you know, it's not the end of the world. Like they're they're going to be fine long term. I think they definitely showed that they can compete with some bigger teams. Uh, it's just going to be a matter of being able to uh, build on that going forward. Fun belt, baby. Fun belt. Yeah. Next up, we've got UTSA beating North Texas 31-27 to, uh, to our buddy Jake's chagrin, I'm sure. Um, UTSA still undefeated in Conference USA play. So, I mean, they're looking like a pretty solid contender to be the champion. Uh, trying to think who – would be the number who would be the uh, the next conference winner the next highest ranked conference winner for the expanded playoff it, would it be Cincinnati um yeah it'd be Cincinnati right now or Tulane okay or yeah or honestly the uh, the next team I can see jumping up there because they're on a roll yeah um, Liberty just cruising past BYU 41 to 14 this one shocked me. I could not believe they got rolled like that. 
I I had the under. Like I figured it was going to be like twenty eight fourteen. I didn't think they were going to put up forty one on them. Like, nah. I mean, they oh look! Shout out North North Texas. They're right behind UTSA. Okay. Yeah. So I lost. lost yeah, they, they were both undefeated there. going to that game. Lost yeah, the heads up there. So. Yeah, but not nah, Hugh, Hugh Freeze. You know, for all of his uh, his past. Scandals and transgressions. He's got Liberty at seven and one. He's doing a good job there as a head coach. Doesn't necessarily redeem anything that he did, but you know it is notable that he's got Liberty performing the way they are. But, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't see him going back to a big job. I, I think there's too much baggage. Yeah, should, nor should yeah, he. No. <laughs> uh, no. no one's really going to want to take that on. Nah, no. I, nor sh- I hopefully nor should they. But you know, college football's a business and. That business is winning ball games, so maybe someone. It's fine. He can keep doing him at Liberty. Yeah, seems to yeah. be pretty on brand fit there, honestly. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's it with the G five. So let's move on to the SEC. Uh, Tennessee had a little bit of a hangover after their Alabama win. Uh, they only won sixty five to twenty four against University of Tennessee Martin. Running trick plays up an absurd amount of points. That was uh, <laughs> that was definitely <laughs> something. <laughs> They're just trying shit. It's stupid. <laughs> they're showboating yeah. it. I love it. Like, yeah. Oh. I was I was watching, and uh, Hendon Hooker was throwing, like, Christian Hackenberg, like, flat-footed as fuck throws just for the hell of it. And I'm just, like, I, I, just dicking around. Throw, throw, th- yeah, throwing the ball, like, 80 miles per hour, flat-footed, just to do it. And I was like, <laughs> all right. Like, <laughs> that's, a, that's the signal to turn the game off there. I think it was like fifty-two nothing at halftime. I think yeah. they kind of just pumped the brakes. Is there bye week this upcoming week? I think it was Did just this week. I know they play Georgia the following. Yeah, I think they got their bye week before Georgia. Okay. Yes, they do because uh, they're playing Georgia on November fifth, so they're going to have that yeah, bye week yeah. right before. Yeah. yeah, but good win by the Vols. Definitely not. Uh, they're not didn't slouch after a nice win against Alabama. So. Next up, we've got the uh, the bottom feeders of the SEC. Mizzou beat Vandy seventeen to fourteen. Fun fact for almost everybody but EOS, I think Vandy has as many wins as Texas A and M right now. In case anybody <laughs> oh, was in, <laughs> oh, I was not keeping that close to count. <laughs> in case anybody was uh, paying attention <laughs> and was curious as to how that was going to look this far into the season, um, I don't think anybody anticipated that. Did not have that on my bingo card. No, me neither. <laughs> but I mean, no, it, it, it's definitely not. It's Vandy. Like they had a chance to get an SEC win. That was probably their best shot. You know, they're just not there yet. Yep. Nor will they ever be. Nah. Hey, Clark Lee said that they can they can win a national championship there. That's future Georgia Tech head coach Clark Lee. You're talking about. <laughs> just hey, so. if, he, if he can keep bouncing around at all those schools, then good on him. They can just yeah. keep holding up that GPA. Exactly. Someone's got to down there. <laughs> Collective SEC GPA. <laughs> just anchored by Vanderbilt. Yeah. Uh, so next up, we've got Alabama, uh, who took a little anger out on Mississippi State. They won 30-6 to there. Uh, played their arguably their cleanest game all year in terms of penalties. They were... Uh, leading the FBS in penalties on the season, and they only had three this week. So definitely a nice turnaround, although, you know, obviously the question remains whether or not they can maintain that because they have the most penalties in the FBS. So this is more of an anomaly than it is the the standard this year, it seems like. 
Yeah, there were some uh, questionable calls I saw on that Tennessee, you know, highlights. I was watching the game, but I didn't really, you know, recognize them live. But, yeah, there were some crazy calls that didn't go Alabama's way finally. And I loved seeing it. Yeah. But, and you, you can't give up 52 points and complain about calls. I don't, I don't care who yeah, you are. Like. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's, 50 points. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, that defense got – Absolutely shredded by Hinton Hooker, but they bounced back. Um, Mississippi State only scoring six points, obviously, but poor Bulldogs, man. They are just, they are always the whipping boy after Alabama suffers a loss. Four out of the last five times Bama's lost, they played Mississippi State the next weekend. People might as well just start betting on betting the money line on the underdog the week before Bama plays Mississippi State, just no matter who, who they play. Yeah. Go ahead, it's Grace. Sorry. It, it, no, you're go ahead. You're good. Uh, it's it's tough, you know. Uh, <laughs> poor Mississippi State, man. I mean that. I can't imagine being a fan and having to deal with that every year. You know, every year that Alabama happens to lose, you just got to be sweating if you see Alabama lose. You're just like, ah, shit. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's, I, uh, it's not crazy to think, you know, like if. Alabama could slip up against Mississippi State sometime, but definitely not after a loss. Yeah. I think I think they're too good to slip up against an air raid defense. Like, I, I, I don't know. Air raid's one of those things. It's like it's designed to make you, like, miss open field tackles, and Bama's just too good. Like, that's why I'm not a big Mike mm-hmm. Leach guy. It's, it's a gimmick more than it is anything else. Yeah, but. for sure. I mean, and it'll it'll win you some games against teams you're not supposed to beat, but against a team like Alabama, who's typically very, very disciplined and you know gap sound and all that stuff, like it's just not going to get as much production. Yeah, like it'll it'll be good against your Ole Miss and your Arkansas, but not your and Bo LSU's Pelini. and yeah, well, not, yeah, Bo Pelini <laughs> at LSU yeah. last year or COVID year gave up. He immediately broke Joe Burrow's passing record. <laughs> Yeah, that was tough. Yeah, that was open season and COVID year, all SEC schedule, and I was like, hell yeah, what a great start. Yeah, that was uh, (laughs) a little tough. Yeah. Um, Speaking of Ole Miss, though, they just got brought up here. Gray, I'm sure you're feeling pretty damn good about what just happened this weekend with Ole Miss. Yes, I am. I'm very happy. Uh, You know, it was looking a little – we had a little rough start, you know, getting down 17-3 like real quick. Even we even had an offside on the opening kickoff, you know. Uh, it's just on brand right now for special teams, but I yeah. didn't even care. It's just you know, move on. Uh, but yeah, it, it was a great game. Um, I mean, I was not expecting us to blow them out like that. Uh, yeah, forty-five to twenty. I was not expecting that either. I mean, I was I was high on Ole Miss like going into the season. Like I, they were my. Mm-hmm pick besides Bama to win the S like they were my pick for second place in the SEC West. And yeah, you know, like they're tied for first with Bama and LSU now, but LSU has that tiebreaker. So that's yep. a very impressive performance by the Tigers there. Yeah. It, it, uh, it, it's just a testament to Jaden Daniels, honestly. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he did have some underthrown mm-hmm. balls in that first half um, that, you know, would be picked against someone like Alabama, but uh, yeah, it, it's insane. I mean, eleven touchdowns over the last two games, like average of seventy three percent completion rate. Um, it, and I hope he keeps this up, but I also slightly hope he doesn't, so that he comes back next year. Because <laughs> if he has, you know, if he has 
two, three more performances like he just did against Alabama, Arkansas, A&M, then he could go pro and then in the bowl game, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it, I'm, I'm just loving where we're at right now, how we're progressing throughout the season, and especially every Power 5 opponent we've played so far, we've been trailing them in the first quarter. Mm. <laughs> uh, it's, so, it's just hilarious to me we're still in a position after the start we had to uh, to win the SEC. I mean, yeah, I mean, at the very least, the West, like you guys, yeah, like good lord. So, we've done periodically with you, we've done Brian Kelly check ins, just seeing mm-hmm. on how you're feeling about it. Obviously, after the Florida State loss, was not. Not the greatest feelings, although you were pretty, right. you were being pretty level headed about it. So, what, what yeah. how are you feeling now? I am over the moon right now uh, because, like I said before, the Tennessee game, um, this is a LSU tested game. You know, like we we need to beat them down every year, Ole Miss. We need to beat like, like Arkansas and A and M every every year. Those are the games that we have to win because you know, like especially with the twelve team playoff coming up that's you know even if we lose alabama and went out we would probably we could arguably make the playoff you know um but it, it, it's uh, i'm really happy with brian kelly's ability to make adjustments and the um coaching staff we have right now um yeah and uh i want to give a shout out to harold perkins on the uh, number 40, the true freshman linebacker. Yeah. Um, he was all over the place and Lane Kiffin even brought him up in the pressure saying, I knew that they were going to play him more, um, because he did not look like anyone else out there. Um, and, and it was weird cause he only played eight snaps against Tennessee. So everyone was kind of mad at Brian Kelly for letting that happen. Um, and he played him, you know, mostly the whole game, this the game and he had, uh, he's the sec freshman player of the week. Yeah. Um. And uh, one more thing. Um, our O line stepped up huge since week one. Like we, it's night and day. And I've I saw a stat that we're five and zero since starting two true freshmen at tackles. Wow. Yeah. So uh, we've got had some guys step up big coming in. Um, and, they're, and they're both killing it too. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. They're they're going to be NFL guys. So. Um, it's it's just we're in a very good position, and you know if Jaden Daniels comes back next year, we're uh, playoff contenders. So, um, yeah, I mean they've definitely got a talented roster. Um, you know, it's crazy because LSU has got a crazy talented quarterback room in terms of the youth. Like, yeah, they've got some mm-hmm. studs coming up, but J- Jaden Daniels is playing well enough to. It's his job to lose if he comes back. You know. Yeah. And we were all, you know, we were all under the impression that this was a one year loan. Now that it's starting to be a debate of, hey, maybe shit, maybe he should come back next year. Walker Howard should sit another year. And then Walker Howard plays a junior, um, or I'm sorry, a a sophomore, redshirt sophomore, uh, when he graduates. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's just up in the air with that. Uh, But yeah. Yeah. Uh, Good. Very happy with Brian Kelly right now. Yeah, good win for LSU, good win for Coach Kelly. Uh, definitely has had a stigma of not being able to win big games and went out and won that one, so good for him. Uh, for yeah. Ole Miss, I mean, that defense looked rough. They On the flip side of Jaden Daniels playing really well, that Ole Miss defense did not look good. So, And, and Jackson Dart got lucky. He had almost two picks in that uh, 
they on those touchdown mm-hmm. drives. Um, it could have been a lot so, worse. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, def- I had that. I had that in my notes. Jackson Dart was not ready for the pressure that he was facing. No, like, he wasn't. He, he no. wasn't ready for it. Um, yeah, I can't even. You know, I don't even want to like thinking about this, but I can't imagine if we still had Mason Smith on that D line. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the defensive tackle, big boy. Yeah, yeah it's just. Ole Miss has got some soul searching to do for sure. So, um, but they are still, again, they are still up there for the SEC West. They've got a chance to win it, especially with Alabama looking vulnerable. Um, it's gonna, I, I, it's gonna be a lot more interesting of a finish to the SEC West than I think even we thought it was going to be coming in. Yes, yeah, just absolutely. overall. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, I did not have LSU, you know, being in this position at this point going into November. Um, you know, and we've got our bye week next week in Alabama. And if we beat Alabama, then it's all in our hands, you yep. know. Um, so it's going to, I'm really excited to see how it plays out. Control your own destiny I, for sure if you can win that one. Go ahead, Bennett. I, I, I need to see them come out strong against Bama. That's yeah. like the one thing yeah. is they, they always kind of start out slow, like even Auburn. Mm-hmm. And this week, I mean, they were down, what, 20 to 7 to start? And I, I thought that was like game. Like I thought it was over, but yeah, yeah I mean, it was 17, back, it was 17 so, to uh, 3. Game. Seventeen to three, and then we went on a okay. four, forty-two three run. Oh God! <laughs> yeah. So I mean, Hell responded. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, but yeah, Alabama is a team we cannot get down that much because then I'm like, all right, yeah, this is Tennessee. Uh, they're obviously just on a whole nother level, Tennessee and Alabama and Georgia than everyone else. So exactly um, in the SEC at least, but yeah. Um, so LSU was not a team that we expected to be in this position. You know who do we did expect to be in this position before the year started? The Aggies. Texas A&M drops one to the Gamecocks, thirty to twenty-four. A&M looks bad. Like I, yeah. I think yeah, people it, were a little high on A&M just because of their, you know, their record-breaking recruiting class this year and everything. Which mm-hmm. if you were like, you should know that recruits are not going to make that much of an impact in their, the year that they signed, but I didn't think they were going to be this bad. So, um, yeah, I mean, like hats off to Carolina for, I mean, playing up to the level of the cam and like Shane Beamer, they're playing Beamer ball, like took the kickoff back right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they don't, they don't have the guys that A&M does or honestly most other teams in the SEC do. So I mean, hats off to them. I, yeah. That's so a I big asked program the, I asked the OS to send me some thoughts and he just sent me a fucking novel. Um, was this like your uh, mission? Uh, no, uh, uh, no, I'm I'm talking like two thousand words. Oh my god! Uh, yeah. e- e- EOS, if if you guys want to follow him, he's on Twitter at um, Aggie Analytics. But I, I want to hear what else you guys have to say before I kind of give us some spark notes on this. Yeah, it's a whole manifesto. Just put it on Twitter. Hey, dude, I'm, let I'm, let I'm, the world decide. I'm gonna, I'm gonna post it in the Discord while you guys uh, keep talking. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, it's- I mean, I don't know what all you can really say about A&M except just like the problem that we anticipated going into the season, the quarterback position, still manifesting itself. I mean, Haynes King, barely over 50% completion, less than 200 yards and one-to-one touchdown-to-pick ratio in this game. Like That is just not going to get it done for a team that has as much talent on paper as the Aggies have. And they – I mean, you can't do anything with that. Connor Wegman didn't look all that much better either, honestly. Like, and I think it's kind of on their inability to make adjustments. I mean, I know your first string quarterback Max Johnson goes down when he's playing well, um, and then you know Haynes King comes in and uh, 
he played good for a couple games, but it, it, I think I mean it's just it's just Jimbo. His system I, is not working. I think it is a Jimbo problem, honestly. Yeah, and, and that, it, that wasn't that wasn't US's notes. He says like Jimbo will hire an offensive coordinator, whether or not he'll be like a um, a clipboard holder or a real OC. Like will cease to be, but like he has to do something just to save his job. Yeah, basically. yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if he has to do anything to save his job. Like he's <laughs> he's owed like eighty eight million dollars or something like that. But yeah, I mean he can't go anywhere. Like he can't he can't pay I, him that much. I guess if anybody can do it, it's A and M with all the oil money they have down there. But man, yeah, that'd be... yeah I mean that's that's a that's a kick in the nuts to the boosters because they're still going to have to chalk up money for uh, recruits mm-hmm. for yeah. um, nil deals and. Like, hey, can oh, you yeah. spot us spot us another ninety million dollars so we can get a new head <laughs> yeah. coach? Yeah, and then yeah, and then you gotta hire a new guy and give him whole new salaries, somewhat similar. Man, Jimbo hustled yeah. them. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, it didn't help either. He, he said they got like three guys out on the offensive line. Yeah. He said the Steve Adazio, Adazio, whatever hire on the O line has just been you yeah. know a huge mistake, basically. Swift. I saw a stat saying that at this time in their careers, Kevin Sumlin had a better winning percentage than Jimbo. Yeah, does. I think so. Jimbo, Jimbo just came in. He came in with a lot of getting a lot of money because he had a national yeah. championship under his belt, and yeah. they extended him because he was recruiting well, which he he was recruiting well. Yeah, like, there's no, no I know he, about that. It's just his hasn't produced with here. those. Yeah. He hasn't recruited the quarterback position well. That's like the one position that he has not done a good job recruiting. So yeah, Listen, gotta- I, I I think I think Wegman's going to be the guy, and I think Wegman's good. But yeah. there's no way he's seen first team reps yet. Like and like he just got thrown into a fire with a bad offensive line that game. Like he was, I think he was the number one overall in the composite ranks, not yeah. not in the twenty four seven, but in the composite. So like he's good. Yes, yeah. it's, it's just a matter of getting him ready to go, being able to make him produce. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, on the other hand, the Cox like they're playing, like you said, Bennett, they're playing Beamer ball at peak efficiency. It feels like, and they're just they're able to beat the teams that they should be beating. And you know, obviously, that Georgia loss probably stings a bit. But if you're going to be able to turn around and get like a nine to hell, maybe ten win season out of this year, I think you would be ecstatic if someone told you that before the season. I, I think if you can get like seven or eight, I yeah. think I think their line yeah. was a. I, I think when we did SEC East, I think their line was at like five and a half or six and a half. So, yep. If, if you can get more than that, like, good on you. I mean, like, that's just great. I, I mean, Beamer's a fucking Beamer's a cornball, but I like him. <laughs> Cornballs are good when they're winning. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, no, I'm I'm always rooting for South Carolina. I'm a big fan of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they they stepped up big time whenever LSU had flood issues. Um, Definitely. Hell yeah. Yeah, I think that wraps up the SEC, though. I mean, it was a pretty, pretty quiet week there just because they had quite a few teams on by, it felt like. So, um, you know, just being able to figure it out from there. It'll be fun next week to see what happens with some of these matchups coming up. But we'll talk about that with the preview pod coming out later this week. Let's move on to the Big Ten, and we'll start with the whiteout game. Number 16, Penn State whooped Minnesota 45-17. to Obviously, Minnesota didn't have Tanner Morgan going into this game. So, I mean, you do need to put an asterisk to this final score, but I don't know how big of an asterisk you can put on it, honestly. No. Penn State was just a better team. Um, like, Yeah, and I mean, 
there, there was no way Morgan was playing. He got stretchered off the week before. He looked like a crippled man. Like I, yeah. I don't know how they were even saying he was like a game time decision. Yeah, it's you gotta make him. Gotta make people account for both, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't want to butcher his name. The guy that started for Minnesota as well, uh, Ethan Cali Cali Kamanis. I, I don't know. It's Greek, but he he wasn't able to do anything as well. Like Penn State just kind of whooped up on them all game. Yeah. Uh, and you know, on offense, they were they were able to click as well. Clifford played well enough. He had four touchdowns. I mean, it, it just was very one sided game the whole time. For one that honestly could, if if Morgan was healthy and they would have had all their full offensive personnel, it may have been a more fun game. But this was just not fun. And this is just uh, the third straight loss for Minnesota. So something tells me they're out of the Big Ten West running. Um, just not really seeing a way out of it for them. West sucks. Yeah, yeah. So that's. I guess there is some hope that they can win the West, but God, the West is very bad this year. This They're bad most. This years, was the game. This was the game Penn State needed. I, I was telling Charlie this last week. They they needed to start Drew Allen this game. Like they yeah. they need to get him reps, and they need to move they off from Clifford. I know he had a he had an okay game, but like, yeah, he played he can't fine. Keep playing this. Yeah. If you want to be an actual contender, though, you've got to get who is probably the better quarterback, more reps, and get him up to speed. You already have two true freshmen starting at running back who are, like, awesome. Like, you might as well get all three of them in there together, and as juniors, they can hopefully click and push for a national championship. Exactly. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't get what they're doing. <sighs> Giving James Franklin a boatload of money to figure that out, apparently. <laughs> but... Yeah, that's. I think that's all that needs to be said about Penn State, Minnesota. It's very one-sided, and just got to see what happens going forward for both of these programs. Moving on to Ohio State and Iowa, this was a weird game. Like, it was a bizarrely close game for the final score to be fifty-four to ten. Like, it just kind of opened up in the second. Like, it's just it, we're beating a dead horse talking about Iowa's offense because it is not even fun to watch. Like even if you're even if you're like the three three yards in a cloud of dust fan, like this is just not fun football to watch if you're watching Iowa's offense. No. He had hundred and fifty yards. <laughs> hey, I, I just thought, yeah. I don't know what they're doing. And the defense is good. Like that's the yeah. thing that's crazy. Like they they were holding Ohio State. They were holding their own against Ohio State for a pretty decent chunk of the game. And if they probably, if they weren't on the field as much, they may have been able to keep it a lot closer. But eventually, it just kind of opened up and fell apart for them. Like they were, Ohio State was just able to get get points on the board. They were just able to keep rolling. But yeah, Brian Friends needs to get fired. <laughs> he needs to just be banned from that city. Just never allowed near the campus again. I, I think it's time to fire Kirk. It I don't think it's Brian anymore. If he's not going to Brian, if he's not going to fire Brian, then yeah, it's time to fire him because you can't be wasting defenses this good with offenses this bad. I'm a Bears fan. I know what that's like. Yeah. It's not fun. <laughs> We're seeing it tonight. Probably. Um, I don't know. I'm not watching the game right now, but we. It's, it's just very frustrating to watch a team that, if they had even a mildly competent offense, could be a playoff contender. Yeah, I mean, like they're they're holding teams yeah. to like 
I, I, this game's an outlier. Like they're holding teams to like 21 points a game. Yeah. Like, and that's yeah. never having the ball on your own. So it, it's not fair. It's not. I feel bad for Iowa defensive players. I feel bad for Phil Parker, man. Former MSU defensive back, uh, two-time All-American. Uh, you know, I, I know a team that needs some defensive coordinators. You can come on down to East Lansing. Homecoming. He's only 58. He, yeah, he's only 58. He can still do it for a while. I, I'm with it. Uh, Got to yeah. do something. I, I, I'd pay a lot of money to have him in East Lansing. Oh, I, I bet. <laughs> I, I'd start the crowdfunding. Me, Spartan Dog, and uh, Poop. We'd, we'd get it going. Might need it, honestly. But, uh, yeah, I this is just – it's very frustrating to watch Iowa play football because one side of the ball is playing very good football. The other one you have to struggle to make an argument that they're playing football. Yeah. But yeah. <clears throat> rounding out the big, got a few games that not a ton worth talking about. Maryland going bowling officially. They beat Northwestern 31-24. to Good for the Terps. Um, Rutgers beat Indiana 24 to 17, uh, Indiana giving up a 14, nothing start to the game to get their 700th loss in college football. So good job. Um, first team to 700, man. It's been a race. It's, in, it's impressive. Uh, a yeah. lot of, a couple big team, big 10 teams that they can compete with for that. And they, they ended up edging it out, but the last Big Ten game, Wisconsin beat Purdue 35-24. Wisconsin's offense finally starting to get clicking a little bit now that uh, the quarterback's coach slash offensive guy, Paul Chris, got fired. So that's that's always fun to see. Uh, who knows? Wisconsin may end up being pretty competent on offense, and they might be able to do something do something fun this year. Definitely yeah, higher. I that no, I, higher on the badges than I was a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I think, Brian, I think yeah. uh, Leonard's won the job. Oh, I think it's his to keep. It's got that streak of interims not getting the head coaching job, though. Like that's it's going to be really interesting to see what happens there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, does, does get, that count as interim? Yeah, I guess it does. Yeah, you would think that he would, though, considering like there's speculation that was part of the reason that they fired Chris was because they didn't want to lose Leonard. Like I, I, I do think it's his job to lose at this point. Yeah, I don't see how he doesn't get it. This, yep. this was another one where the line the line was weird and everybody was questioning it, but I, I guess Wisconsin just never loses to Purdue ever. Yeah, 16 so. years in a row. Wisconsin, yeah, that's, Wisconsin's win streak against <laughs> Purdue can legally drive now. That's impressive. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that like, is impressive. <laughs> it's, yeah. And that was longer than what Tennessee was like 15 straight years to Alabama, right? Yeah, yeah. That's got to be one of the longer streaks in college football. Then I can't imagine that'd be that'd be an interesting uh, uh, some research we could do to see who's the longest uh-huh. winning and losing streaks. Yeah, Mississippi State I think is on. We we're just talking about. I think they're on 15 years against Alabama. Okay, so they're they're right behind <laughs> Purdue against Wisconsin. Yeah. On. yeah. When, wait, when was Mississippi State? Was it Dak? Did they beat no, did Dak? Been... Dak didn't beat them, huh? No, it was whenever whenever Dak was there. I think it was like close because that's when Mississippi State was ranked like first. Two, or second. yeah, yeah. Them and Ole yeah. Miss were one and two at one point. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh <laughs> yeah, my crazy God. time! But uh, that series, Alabama yeah. leads the series eighty-five to eighteen to three. 
Goal. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know it was that bad. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> oh, poor, my God. Poor Stark Vegas. Yeah, Alabama's currently got a 15-game win streak. Their longest win streak was 22-game win streak for in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Damn, okay. Oh, my God. Oh, I got to see what their win streak, what their record is against Vanderbilt. <laughs> so their last win was for a bowl game, actually. They beat number 21 Alabama 17-12. to 12. Uh, defense, defensive struggle. There was an Anthony Johnson pick six. Wait, Vanderbilt beat Bama? No, no, no. Oh, sorry. I was still uh, talking to Mississippi State. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, Anthony Johnson returned John Parker Wilson's intercepted pass for 100 yards and a touchdown with four seconds to go in the first half. John Parker Wilson. I like John. I like JPW, dude. He could fucking yeah, sling it. Yeah, I forgot about him. <laughs> Sling it right to the defensive backs, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's tough, though. That is uh, – but, yeah, that, that rounds up the Big Ten, even though we kind of circled back to the SEC there. So let's move on to the ACC, uh, starting off with the worst game of the conference. Virginia beat Georgia Tech 16-9. to um, You have just two not very good football teams playing not very good football. Um Brennan Armstrong being asked to do a lot and not really able to do it because he's surrounded by just a bunch of crap. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened to Virginia. Like we thought they were like, okay, just not a good, apparently just not a good roster. And obviously it's going to be a rebuild there for uh, Tony Elliott, but man, didn't think it was going to have to be this bad of a rebuild. Yeah, it was rough. Um, and then, I mean, I, I don't know if you saw the clip of the, the guy running out of bounds. The backup was in for Georgia Tech, and he just ran out of bounds on the last play. He, yeah. he just gave up. And, and he even said it after the game. He was like, I, I mean, I've, I just figured we'll take the loss and get out of here. I'm like, dude, what do you, you, know, what, what, what do you mean? Like, you just ran out of bounds on the last play. Yeah. <laughs> very it's, it's better – if you remember Reggie Ball, he spiked the ball on fourth down against Georgia. So it, oh, it could I be remember worse. That, that, so that one might be Texas. worse, but <laughs> well, they were actually good then. So oh, yeah, 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 just not good football. But they they've got Georgia Tech's got a lot to figure out. Virginia's got a lot to figure out. So I mean, can't don't have super high expectations for either team going forward. Uh, moving yeah. on, Louisville beat Pitt twenty four to ten. All of our Penn State. Contributors are probably thrilled about that. Semi and Han love seeing Pitt go down. So uh, Louisville on a two-game win streak for the first time all year. Is Satterfield saving his job? I feel like he might be. I I don't know. I think so, but I don't know why. I, I don't know what his contract <laughs> is. Yeah, they're recruiting Also, um, hey, I, I want to circle back. That guy that ran out of bounds went to the same high school as Cock. So good for him. Oh, no kidding. Shout out, Cock. Shout out, Cock. <laughs> Shout out, Cock. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't I don't know what I don't know what Satterfield's contract is, but I, I, think I would it, figure he's done. I think it was a doable thing to move on from him this year, but if he keeps winning ball games, I don't they're gonna make it a harder argument for him, especially with a pretty solid recruiting class for Louisville coming in this year. So Yeah. Yeah, well, through through the through the year of twenty twenty four. Yeah, so, so that's probably not very big anymore. 
Yeah, there's a bunch of articles that just says, is it financially viable? I mean, yeah. like, I don't know. You decide. Like, are you guys going to pay for it or not? Yeah, the answer is probably. Um, yeah. Moving on, uh, Wake Forest, number 13 Wake Forest, beat Boston College 43-15. to 15. Uh, Sam Hartman is still a dude. Um, he can sling it. And Phil Dracovic cannot. He's, mm-hmm. uh, he's bad. All that first round talk yeah. for him going into the preseason, just gone. Been gone for a while, but I don't. I don't know where it came from. You're the Notre Dame guy. I don't. <laughs> he tra- he transferred out for a reason. There were there were some Notre Dame fans that legitimately thought he was better than the guys that they had on the roster, um, like Ian Book. So they can think that if they want. It just was not true. I hate backup quarterbacks. <laughs> Everybody's. <laughs> Every fan base's favorite position is the backup quarterback. Yep, and then third string's even worse if we have if you have someone of noteworthy there. High upside. <laughs> Just get him. Start reps. getting him reps. Yeah, start getting him some reps. Uh-huh. Oh, moving on, Duke beat Miami forty-five to twenty-one. Ouch. Lost to a basket. Dude, they turned the ball over. Turned the ball over eight times. Miami has slid. Can't do that. Yeah, no, I, that's, a, that's an FPS FPS record eight times. Like I, I don't know if Cristobal can fix this. Do they share the record? or Do they break it and hold it like solo now? They broke the turnover record. I don't know if they broke it or not. Uh, Van Dyke got hurt. He didn't throw an interception. And then uh, Garcia, who came in through three picks, and they had five fucking fumbles. Oh my god! Jesus. Yeah. And this so, was on. This was on. This was on Senior Citizen Night. Miami's in such of a downpour that they were giving discount tickets to everyone over the age of sixty-five. Like they they can't get people to come to their games. I mean, it's South Florida. That's got to be like the biggest demographic down there, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's tough. So, I, I was looking at the stadium the other day. It's this was on Friday around rush hour, but it's an hour north of campus. Yeah, like it's so far. Like and I, I know that's with traffic, but like that—that's too far for the kids to be able to get up there unless they're going to run a party bus that their frat paid for. Like, yeah, I, I don't know how else they're going to do it. It's a tough situation there, but I once because Van Dyke's probably gone after this year. He's probably going to the draft. Like, yeah, I don't know what you're supposed to do if you're Mario Cristobal. Like, <laughs> he's got some good recruits coming in, so maybe he's able to turn it around quicker than quicker than you would think it would take, but man, this looks really bad on the offensive side of the ball. It's not like Duke had a ton of offensive output in terms of like flat out yardage. Like they didn't even get 400 yards of total offense despite putting up 45 points. Like it, Miami just shot themselves in the foot over and over and over again. Yeah. I I, I don't know what they're supposed to do. I think he's got to, I think he's got to tear it all down and build it back up. Like he's another one. It's, um, they have a decent recruiting class, huh? mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Gonna, I think they might have three, three or four like O linemen in the top ten. So like, Damn. they're they're gonna they're gonna be fine. Yeah. But did you guys see I, the uh, the Duke player who celebrated his, the touchdown by uh, snapping the U on his knee? No. Yeah. That was yeah. Love that celebration. <laughs> that was awesome. Someone else, someone did the U down behind him, and he just did the U and just snapped it right on his knee. It was great. That's pretty good. Yeah, love that kind of stuff. Also, um, 
if, if you if you go back and look at it, Riley Leonard from Duke, he had some pretty good touchdown runs. Mm-hmm. The quarterback, yeah, like some some spin moves, little little small jukes, but he's made the highlight he's, he's reel a few times time with his feet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, like Duke's trending up. Shout out to uh, shout out to your boy Mike, Mike Elko. Yeah. Notre Dame, Notre Dame tree just keeps growing. Brian Kelly, Mike Elko, like it's just getting better and better. Uh, I'm fine with Duke being good if they trade it for being bad at basketball. Oh man, if they, if they stink at basketball, I will instantly just drop any animus I have against Duke. Yeah, that's the only way I am with it. Like, yep. Don't like them. Not at all. Uh, moving on, close game. Clemson beat Syracuse 27 to 21. Not with any help from Clemson's offense for the most part. They uh DJU three turnovers before he finally got benched for Cade Klubnik. We talked about we talked before the season about how it was going to be a matter, it felt like a matter of when for when he was going to get replaced. And feels like that moment's here. No, Dabo Dabo came out after the game and like immediately after the game said DJ's our guy. Oh my god. Makes no sense. He like, can he can. makes no sense. All right, Dabo. <laughs> they uh, they're they're not doing anything special this year. No. Get that on record right now. <laughs> they still have a really good defense, and that's part like that's part of the reason that Syracuse didn't win this game is because Clemson still does have a good defense. Like Right. That defense line. That, Go ahead. I saw that scoop and score. I saw that scooping score by yeah. uh, Syracuse. That was pretty good. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Clemson's defense, I mean, they step up whenever they need to. Mm-hmm. Um, on so, the other, on um, the other side of the uh, ball, yeah. I, I had a couple buddies that uh, one of them was a big Syracuse fan. They, they did the old drive up and drive back for the game. All five of them? Uh, no. Nah. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> Uh, but he he was disappointed. He's in one of the best Syracuse teams I'll probably see in my lifetime, and such a bummer to see themselves sh- uh, shoot themselves in the foot. Uh, there there was one point at the end of the game they were driving, and like it took Dino Babers like twenty five seconds to call a timeout. Yeah, on like their last drive. It just felt like last week. Not even not just in college, but in the pros, there was just a lot of bad clock management going on. It was bizarre yeah. seeing how long it took some of these timeouts to get taken. You had teams going into the halftime with timeouts still on the board, just some bizarre decisions being. Yeah. And then they also said, uh, this was a couple of them, those fans definitely gave off a we are better than you vibe, and how could you be screaming like that? The so, Clemson fans did? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's on brand. Big, uh, big, there are children here type vibes, which, yeah. Awesome. Good football. <sighs> Being wasted on those fans, having a good football team there. Yeah. But, yeah, it's tough for Syracuse. Uh, I think they're going to rebound just fine this week, honestly, which brings us to the next team on the docket. Uh, Notre Dame did beat UNLV 44-21. to um, This is the most frustrating 23-point win I've ever seen. Like, this – if the offense had a pulse, like, it should have been, like, 70-21. to Honestly, um, if the game felt a lot closer than it should have been, the Notre Dame's offense just is not good right now. And I think a lot of it, a lot of it's due to the fact that Drew Pine is not good. Um, yeah. 
He's a backup quarterback. He's fine, but he's not going to be able to win you ball games. And I think the offense just kind of suffers from having a guy like that in there. But the lack of recruiting at the wide receiver position is really showing itself this season. Um, which you know, long term, when we talked about this pre- before the season started, I was that was a worry of mine was just the the lack of talent in the wide receiver room, and it's it's really showing itself yeah. right now. But the offensive scheme is just not good either. Like it's it's sometimes it's tough to tell because. You don't know if the scheme is bad or if the players just aren't executing it well, but it feels like at the very least, just both are very significant issues. So um, I think Tommy Reese has gone after this year, honestly, one way or another. Uh, and mm-hmm. honestly, I'm pretty over Al Golden too. I want him gone. Um, he's uh, it's weird because like the points, if you look at like their points per game, allow they're only allowing like 16, 17 points a game, but they just in terms of when you look into like the advanced metrics and stuff like that, like they are just not stout. Like they're, they're not able to stop teams. Yeah. They're able to just yeah. get sliced and diced up the field. And like it happened the very first drive, they bust, um, not, not Syracuse, UNLV busts off like a massive run and just multiple missed tackles, linebackers out of position. Like, Yeah. It's just sloppy play. It is. It's very sloppy. And I don't know if just that that's because of a new coaching staff to, still trying to get their footing. It's very possible that that's what it is. But yeah. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to them playing Syracuse or Clemson. Like, this is going to be a rough couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, not what I thought it was going to be this season. UNLV, yeah, I mean, so they, 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 they had their backup, like, quarterback and wide receiver one in. So, like, Scoring 21 points with their backups, and I feel like it's fine. So they just have no receivers? Not really. I mean, their best one – so Jaden Thomas has flashed a couple times this season. He had a big big catch against BYU. He kind of mossed a dude in the end mm-hmm. zone for a touchdown. And then they have a true freshman, Tobias Merriweather, who when he's gotten in, he's made plays. But for whatever reason, he's not getting in. Like, they have Michael Mayer, who – is still the best tight end in the country. And that's it though. Like, and Drew Pine locks in on him. Like he, yeah. Yeah. Have, have you, have you seen it follows? No, have you, I have haven't. You <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. It's, it's just going to be like whenever Michael Mayer gets the curse, it's just going to be Drew Pine just fucking chasing after <laughs> him until he gets it. And just just chucking balls at him. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even chucking balls, just walking slowly after him. <laughs> yeah. He just finally catches him. <laughs> yeah. It's bad. And like teams know, and teams know that. Like they can stack the box against the run game, which they're still doing these second and, second and long runs, which just don't work. Like, Teams yeah. are going to be stacking the box because they know that the receivers aren't good. Like just yeah. a lot of work that needs to be done on the recruiting trail, which they are doing. Like they have <clears throat> in terms of like composite ratings and stuff, they have their best modern era recruiting class coming in for receivers. Like they, they've got yeah. good players coming in uh, at skill positions on the offense, but man, tough, you know, like even, uh, even I remember watching Jamar Chase and Jefferson their first year and uh, they were dropping balls left and right, you know, uh, they were missing yeah. routes like that. So it's even then, you know, having to start a true freshman is always tough. But just play them, like honestly. Yeah, just, yeah. Just play the freshman, let them figure the stuff out because yeah, it can't be worse than what we're seeing. Like we have guys who are like sophomores and juniors who are dropping balls. Like Lorenzo Styles yeah. can't hold onto a ball to save his life. Braden Lindsay can't hold a ball to save his life. Like mm-hmm. just put the freshman in. 
Yeah. But anyway, that's my Notre Dame soapbox. It's not fun. Syracuse is probably going to win by double digits. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't remember. Is that is that game where uh, teams go to die? Yeah, it's at the dome. Oh no. Yeah. Like <laughs> I said, that's, that's no good. Like I said, double digits. Just locking it in right now. Yeah. Uh, well, if, it, if it's in a dome, Michael Mayer will be like you know, true, twice as fast. So he 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 did kind of go off against BYU in a dome, in a semi dome. So maybe maybe it'll be the Michael Mayer show. Yeah, no, all good. Like, he's great. Yeah, and their running back room is good. Like they have good running backs. Like the offensive line is still good. Like if they had competent receivers to have a a passing game that could at least threaten you, they would have a good offense. But they just don't have that right now. But. That's enough of the ACC. That's enough of Notre Dame. Let's move on to the Pac-12. Uh, only one game of note, really, and it was a top-10 matchup in the Pac-12 for the first time in who knows how many years. I can't remember. I, I saw a stat, but I can't remember. It's been at least like five years, probably more. But number 10, Oregon beat number 9, UCLA, 45-30. to 30. Wheels finally came off for Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly, please start recruiting. That's all yeah. I'm going to ask. Yeah, yeah, I would have no problem with UCLA being relevant. I would love it if you, I would rather UCLA be relevant than USC. Oh, 10 times out of 10. That's easy. <laughs> yeah. And Bonix still looking good. Bouncing back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's just so wishy washy. I mean, I know. Against LSU last uh, year, he looked like Johnny Manziel. I mean, yeah. shit. Like, uh, listen, I'm, I'm out on the Bonix hate. <laughs> Bo, Bo for Heisman. Bo for Heisman. Um, did, did you see the ball he threw up to Troy Franklin? It was like 55 yards on a dime. Like, Damn. he he crushed this game. This game was not close. Like, yeah, he, yeah, it, this, it was not as close as the score indicates. Like, that it's one of those kind of had the opposite of the Iowa Ohio State factor where the game was a lot closer than the score indicated. Like, this one, Oregon just whooped him. Like, that's what it was. But Dan Lanning, no, I th- it, 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 it wasn't just that. Like Chip Kelly got his ass beat. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, like they they, could, they couldn't get a first down. He got out schemed. Yeah, or I don't know if it was out schemed or out talented because maybe his scheme would be better if he had better players. Like again, like <laughs> I know I know he doesn't like it, and I know it's not his favorite thing to do. But goddamn, just put some effort into recruiting. And it's not um, hard to recruit kids to go to Los Angeles. In L.A. Like, not, <laughs> yeah. not even to get kids to go to L.A. You have kids already in L.A. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You just go to look at the high school. and Yeah. Uh, just go to a game or... on a Friday night and just be like, hey, you want to come play for UCLA? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Do they do they have acad- do they have academic standard issues? That's a good question. Because they're, they're the top public school in the nation. Are they? I guess that's really. I know. I know USC yeah. is not private. Yeah, yeah. No, UCLA is without a doubt the top public school in the nation. I mean, that so makes I, sense. I'm just, I'm just curious if they, the whole it's it's dumb. The whole California system is. Um, so, you got you guys want to hear a stat? Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. You might you might think Caleb Williams and DTR have the most rushing yards in the Pac-12 at 269, 235 yards. But Bo Nix has 382, and Cam Rising has 305. I, I don't know how the fuck that happens. Jesus. Wow. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm telling you, like, Bo is playing out of his mind. I, I think these teams are going to play again in the Pac-12 championship, though. I think they definitely could. It's just, 
again, just need to see USC. They failed their first test against a good team. Not by much. It's not like they got dogged or anything like that, but they still, they still got to show me something before I'm willing to say that they're going to contend for the Pac-12. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're, um, that USC UCLA game is going to have a lot more going to it than that's it has gonna, in a that's while. Gonna be, that's going to be a fun one. Yeah. That's going to be such a, it's always such a good uniform matchup too. Cause they oh, both, yeah. they both wear their homes. It just looks fucking sick. Yeah. That's, I wish more, <clears throat> I wish more rivalries did the home, home on home. Like if it made sense. But yeah, I mean, besides that, like UCLA's got a cakewalk. Like they got, they've still got both the Arizonas, Stanford, and Cal. Hold on now. So like, the, I mean, Stanford's a good ball team. Let's not let's not uh... <laughs> let's not start downplaying them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, um, yeah, we, we can move on. St- Stanford beat Arizona State this week, fifteen fourteen. A week after beating Notre Dame, sixteen to fourteen. So, I mean, like, there's that. Hold your opponents to 14 points and Stanford's going to win the ball game. That's keys to the game right there. Oh, I, God, I can't believe they fucking lost that game. So, I, I I, I turned it on for a second, and I swear to God, there was more people on the field than there was in the stands. Like, there was <laughs> nobody there. I like, can't nobody. Ima- can't imagine that's a hot ticket. No. No chance. And – Judging off the score, it wasn't worth going to anyway. So the, who, the people that didn't go probably made the right call there. But yeah, tough, tough look. Good for Stanford, I guess. But that's really low bar there. Um, <clears throat> Oregon State beat Colorado forty-two to nine. Kind of expected. Colorado is definitely one of the worst teams in football this year. And Oregon State, Oregon State has been inconsistent, but they seem like they have a good foundation of something to build on going forward. So. Uh, being able to get a big win like that. Not big win as in like they played a big team and won, but like just being able to dominate like that is a good sign. Yeah. And then Washington beat Cal 28-21. to Um, Washington, another team that's been kind of middling, very inconsistent in how they've played. I do think people probably got a little too high on Washington, myself included, after they beat Michigan State. Um, And they just kind of haven't really been able to build off of that at all. They've faltered when they've been tested. So uh, being able to bounce back with a win like this, it's good for the program overall, but still tough. Yeah, they're just they're throwing the ball like 50-plus times a game and just yeah. hoping that's enough to do it. Just putting it all on Phoenix. Yeah. We're, we're, we're big on Phoenix. Big, big Phoenix fans. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Um, Last conference, we've got the Big 12. Uh, Texas Tech beat West Virginia 48-10. to Neil Brown's gone. Like, I think I think that's definitely established, right? Like, we're not we're not going to act like he's got a shot to stay after this year. I don't know. Uh, what? I don't, I, I, I don't know money situations. And he's still they – they still owe him a lot of money. Do they? Okay. It's, it's like – yeah, it's like uh, – it's hard to say a lot now when you got teams that owe Jimbo, you know, ninety and Mel Tucker eighty, and yeah, but it's still like twenty. It's, it's still like twenty five or something like that. Dang. Yeah. Well, maybe he does I, stick around. I, I mean, yeah. Texas Tech played defense. That's that's a miracle. Good for them. It had to be uh, a weird weird experience for them. Hmm. Uh, moving on, uh, the Kansas Joyride continues to fall off the cliff here, as we kind of thought it might, go, getting into this part of their schedule here. Uh, well, losing to Baylor 35-23. to 
I think regardless of how the rest of this season goes, unless they start getting blown out like a hundred to nothing, it's a good season for them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it's good for their program too, that they're not going to pitter off into nothingness and yeah. fold maybe, you know, like it, it, it gives validity to keeping that program around and putting more money into it. Yeah. I mean, it was a program this off season. Once we started talking about conference realignment, that there were rumors that they were just going to scrap football. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Lance Leipold's doing a great job. Um, down there. Yeah. No. And, and on top of that, I, I think we talked about a couple weeks. They're, they're putting like $300 million into their stadium and facilities. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's, that's great. Like you can't just focus on basketball. That's not right. Nah, that's when you get end up being like UConn, where you just don't like football is the biggest revenue stream for college sports. Like basketball yep. is still big, but like football's you king. need yes, you need to at least like put put asses in those seats. Like yeah, for sure. The the stadiums are way bigger than basketball sta- arenas. Exactly. Oh yeah. And the views are way bigger too. Like you get more yeah. people watching those games than you do a given basketball game. Yep. Which granted, there's a lot fewer football games to watch, and that's part of the reason why you get more viewers. But like, I don't know what you want me to tell you. Like, you get more opportunities to watch basketball, so you feel like you can miss them more frequently. <clears throat> You're right, absolutely. And they can't yeah. rely on you know having to play in the championship every year. Exactly. But yeah, that I mean, good for Kansas overall. Sucks that they lost again, but I think they can definitely hold their heads up for how this season has gone overall. Baylor, good win for Baylor. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping Kansas can, can still win one more and make a bowl game. Like, yeah, I would like yeah. to see oh, yeah. Ben, 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 If Kansas can go bowling, then Leifold deserves coach of the year, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, We've kind of been that way. Like, I mean, even if – I know Jalen Daniels got hurt, but if they could have won like eight games and he kept it up, like he, would, he should have been the Heisman winner. But yeah. They got a tough stretch coming up. I hope they can win one. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get to the last two games here that are worth some more in-depth discussion. We've got number 11, Oklahoma State, beating Texas 41-34. to Quinn Ewers looked like a freshman this, this week. He, he looked a little out of it, which you would think that that would come against Alabama and not Oklahoma State. Like, Oklahoma State's still got a good defense, but – their defense has taken a step back from what it was last year. And yeah, Ewers, the way he had been playing so far this season, you thought that he would have been able to do a little bit better than what he did. 19 for 49 through the air. Not That's good. Tough. That's tough. Uh, yeah, I mean. Texas is not back. Not no, yet. no, no, not yet. I mean, it, it also is just a matter of playing up, you mm-hmm. know, like it, he's a, Big time recruit. He loves like big time games. Um, so it, it is different. I know they came in. You know, Oklahoma State still ranked eleven, but it's not out. Like you said, it's not Alabama. So like, um, it's I, all I can st- I can understand. Things, uh, you know, yeah, I can. Yeah, he's gonna grow out of. You know, like, yeah, he's gonna grow out of, grow out of it. Hopefully, to the fact where he shows up every game. But you know. We've seen him show up. Like that's the thing. It's not like right, right. it's not like we're seeing him make these mistakes and then just not really have anything other than a flash or two to show. Like he has shown that he can win ball games. Yeah, uh, just and being, being a fr- yeah, yeah. Just like you said, just being a freshman. And like th- this being his first hiccup is not a bad thing. At yeah, all. for sure. Still, definitely a lot to look forward to. I mean, especially God that 
I do not know how they're going to handle Archmany coming in next year. Like, oh, I, yeah. Because you were he's not coming in. in. He, he's decommitted. Like, I, I've been saying this. Like, he is going to decommit from Texas. Like, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't no be surprised. Way. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised necessarily, but I, I just don't know. Like, I, if you have I mean, such like, a good, I, like, I mean, I'm not super high on Arch just because of the people he plays right now in high school. Yeah, he plays uh, in a really weak uh, conference. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, like, can, can you tell us any more about that? You're in, you're in state. Yeah, so like he plays against he plays against guys that look like me, you know, on defense. Yeah, like, oh, you know, God. they've got a lot of cornerbacks that look like like my height and. Don't sell yourself short, right? No, <laughs> but I'm yeah. just saying, uh, you know, like he's not playing against D1 athletes for right. the most part, um, and so it, it's going to take time for him to adjust to the speed of that. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't think he's going to come in as a true freshman and light the college football landscape up. I mean, at this rate, I don't think he's winning the job period. Yeah. 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 I mean, you can't, yeah, you can't give the job to him over Quinn Ewers. There's no valid argument for that. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. It's Ewers job to lose. So unless Ewers plays bad at the beginning of next season, like, yeah, he's going to be riding fine for a year. I do. It's uh, the thing about Ewers decommitting is that, he has not been public, like he has not been a very public figure you about his Manny. recruitment. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry about yeah. Manning decommitting. He has not been a very public figure about his recruiting process in general. He does not seem he doesn't need to be someone that's in the spotlight all the time because he's a fucking Manning. Like right. I just I feel like it's not on brand for the family to like decommit like that. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, he obviously wants I mean, to blaze it, his own trail and everything, but I just have a hard time seeing him decommit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just going to be tough, though, for him to be comfortable with sitting for two years, you know. I don't know if it'll be two years. I feel like he might be able to just sit the one year and then be re- think he's ready. Because Ewers, if he has another good year, he's probably going to be gone. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's eligible next year. I didn't know that. Yeah, yours is a red shirt, so he's oh, okay, he'll, okay, be, okay. He'll, he'll be out of the yeah, league for he'll be out of high school for three years by the time the next season's done. So he okay. he has a track to start as a red shirt freshman. Well, yeah, I mean, shit, like uh, he's a player like him who doesn't see D one competition is going to need a year to sit and yeah. get practice reps against those guys. A hundred percent, but. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Jason Taylor made a, a game ceiling pick, but hurt himself. Um, don't know if there's been anything, any big updates about that for the rest of the no. year for him. I was, I mean, it was a nasty play. Like his, it, it was honestly, it was one of those. It was just a fucking ugly throw by Quinn. Um, yeah, but I mean, he like caught, he like caught it going out of bounds because he overthrew the other guy by a couple of yards and. You, you could just see his leg hyperextend. And it, it was one of those where you couldn't tell what was going on, but all the guys were huddled around him looked like they were like surrender cobras, like mm-hmm. with their arms and their heads. Yeah. I, I, I tried looking for it today, but it was all uh, behind the, the Oklahoma State paywalls, and I just didn't want to pay for it. So I'm, I'm hoping he's back because that was his second pick of the game. Like he had a hell of a game. Yeah, he had a great game. But Ho- Hopefully it is just a – I mean, like you said, it looked pretty nasty, but – Hopefully it's not one that's going to take him out long-term because he, he seems like a great player. Yeah. 
so I, I got another question for y'all. It's like, is we, we've been talking about the ups and downs, and you know, obviously BK is doing good at LSU, and Cristobal is not doing the thing at Miami. Like, is is Sark on the hot hot seat right now? Absolutely not. Yeah, I don't no? think so either. No, I I I just think his performance against Alabama alone, or like you know his coaching against Alabama alone didn't hurt him that much. Yeah, like, you know it, it it helped him if anything. Like, hey, if we stick with this guy, he was under saving. Like, shit, maybe once we move to the SEC, he can make some noise in there. Yeah, I mean, and they're yeah. they're five and three right now. Like they're they're four and one at home. Like it's not like they they've ha- dropped a couple bad games, obviously, but they have a one point loss against Alabama and then two losses that you know you could pretty reasonably write off, especially with Quinn Ewers starting as just rough games. You know. I yeah. think I think between that and between again the recruiting classes that he has coming in, like this next recruiting class looks fucking loaded for Texas in terms of like offensive skill talent. Like there's mm-hmm. there's yeah. unless Texas just completely collapses to close the season out, his seat should not even be remote, remotely worn in my opinion. Yeah, I know. And I feel like if they fire him that that affects Manning's decision too. Yeah, you know? that could that, that could get Arch to decommit if if Sark that got gets him. Out. That gives him an easy out. You know, like like you were saying, the Manning, like it's not a Manning thing to do. I guess like that gives him an out. Yeah, like all right, well now I don't get any backlash if I decommit. So exactly. But yeah, I mean, I y'all mean, heard how much they spent on they spent on those boys when uh, they came down there for the recruiting trips, right? Yeah, I, heard I saw that. that. Yeah. I've always There's heard like 200, 280, 280K in a weekend. Like, <laughs> I, nuts. Yeah. That's the, those official visit weekends, man. Those are um, all the big schools do it. But yeah, Texas, again, it's that oil money that's down there. Like, it, Texas football is just a different ballgame at all levels. But uh, the last game, we had a really, really fun matchup, honestly, going into it. Number eight, TCU, and number 17, Kansas State, both looking really good going into the week. And, you know, they – TCU just kind of showed that they were the better football team. Like, I think it was a talent thing. I think they were just played better football. I don't think there was really anything Kansas State did that shot themselves in the foot that much or anything like that. Like, it, they, they just got outplayed. Yeah, TCU looks real good. Yeah, uh, yeah, Max, I like I like TCU. Max Duggan, <laughs> Max Duggan's a baller. Like he he is playing like a really good quarterback for the Big Twelve. Hopefully he transfers and hopefully he is remotely interested in going to South Bend. But um, it's just one of those things where, again, we've talked about the Big Twelve and how much parody there is this year. And it just kind of keeps showing itself like this, you know, TCU took their foot off the gas once they got up by a certain amount. And that kind of made the score look a little bit closer than what it was, but mm-hmm. just a flat out better ball team. And I think we're just kind of seeing the talent differentials show up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, th- this was the big difference I saw between like maybe Kansas state and the Oregon game. Like or Oregon, they went for an onside kick when they were ahead. Uh, they went up seventeen ten. They they onside kicked, recovered, went up twenty four ten right away. Like TCU got or uh, K State got up fast and just they just put it in reverse. Like TCU is almost like that snake. That that snake. Like you gotta you gotta cut the head off of it if you want to win. But yeah. they've just shown up way too much. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you can't step back. And uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I see TCU going undefeated. Like, uh, I don't know if there's a road there for them. It's tough because um, I think they still got a pretty decent part of their schedule left yet. But um, it's pretty weak. Like, I mean, besides, I mean, not weak, but they, they've got West Virginia, Texas Tech, Texas, Baylor, and Iowa State. Texas so probably te- four, four of the five weaker teams in the Big Twelve. Yeah, I, Texas and Baylor are still losable games in my opinion, though, just based on what we've seen so far. I think, yeah, you obviously Ewers did not look good against Oklahoma State. Completely get that, but I think Oklahoma State has a lot more talent than TCU does. Like I, I, I don't know. I think that those are still pretty losable games for them. Iowa State and West Virginia, not really too worried about. Uh, Texas Tech has the potential to do something funky there, but uh, again, the the two team, the two games I would be worried about if I was TCU or Texas and Baylor there. Yeah, and those are both on the road. Those yeah. are their, their two road games. So yeah, I, I think Texas, especially with um, the old ball coach being up there, with Gary Patterson being there, like that could, like he he just knows the ins and outs of every single one of these guys, like. It might just be over before it even starts. Yeah, it's still a great season for TCU, no matter what happens down the stretch here. Honestly, um, but they very well they very well could end up undefeated. Um, man, I just don't know. I don't know if that's going to translate to anything. Yeah, I'm I mean, kind of with you. yeah, I mean, it just it just depends on Clemson, in my opinion. Because mm-hmm. um, there's no one left undefeated in the Pac-12, right? In the Pac-12, not anymore. No. No. <laughs> okay, so this was, this was yeah. I mean, if Clemson slips up, is TC like in a TCU's undefeated with a conference championship win? They're in. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, overall, um, you know, not the strongest slate necessarily this week. I think I think we can all agree on that. It's not like it, we had a any real barn burners or anything like that outside of you know LSU Ole Miss was probably. Just looking back at it, it was probably the game of the week. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, TCU Kansas State, that one was probably probably second place. Oregon UCLA, those were up there. So you had a few good games, yeah. but for the most part, just some sloppy week in terms of execution, just on for a lot of teams that we're not typically used to seeing execute that poorly. And I feel like yeah, we saw the same thing the, in the uh, NFL. Like I, I think the NFL had a lot of sloppy play last year. We talked about like the clock management decisions and stuff. Just a weird football week it felt. NFL sucks this year. NFL, <laughs> yeah. dude. Oh my god, the NFL is bad. Can't believe the Saints yeah. are uh, one game away from first place in the NFC South. Two and five, one game away. NFC South stinks. Yeah, South, South stinks. Yeah, NFC East is surprisingly loaded. That might be the best conference in, in the league this year, honestly. Yeah. Remember yeah. The, it's the either East division, honestly. Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah. It, it's, um, it is wild watching some of this happen this year in the NFL. <sighs> so, you guys got any uh, big questions or takeaways from this weekend? Uh, My big thing is can LSU build off that win and uh, beat Alabama? I mean, I'm not ready to say that they're – good enough to beat Alabama. Um, it just depends on if they can do it or if, you know, Alabama, Tennessee, Georgia is on another level than SEC teams. But 
Yeah. And then, you know, you have LSU and shit, I don't even know. I guess Ole Miss on that same level mm-hmm. below them. Um, yeah, I would say Ole Miss is still on that level with LSU. But I will say LSU, my big question for them, not necessarily is if they can beat Alabama, but if they can close that with like a nine-win season, eight-win oh, season. Oh, yeah. Like if they can do that, then that is a great first season, especially after those first couple weeks of what we saw. Yeah. Sports Illustrated has us playing uh, Wake Forest in the Orange Bowl. Okay. Uh, in Miami, yeah, on New Year's Six. They, I guess they assume we lose Alabama and went out. Um Pretty reasonable. So yeah, yeah, no, I, it's definitely reasonable, and I would be thrilled because we would definitely be Wake Forest in a Orange Bowl game. Yeah, my other, I, I like Wake Forest a lot. I, I wish they would have beat Clemson in that game because yeah. they, they're way yeah. more exciting to watch than Clemson is. Yeah, just overall, I need I need their offense to go to another game, please. <laughs> out, of, out of all the. Out of all the G or the Power Five schools, they're like by far the smallest school as well. Yeah, it's yeah. Just like I think they have like three thousand students. Yeah. Damn, I didn't know that. Yeah, Incredibly they're super small. small. And Liberty's one of the biggest, which is weird. Yeah, interesting. Um, I didn't know that either. I think, I I like think so- Central Florida is the biggest, right? They might be. Yeah. Oh yeah, USF. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, just. The commuter like schools a, are a commuter school. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say my big question coming out of this week, though, outside of LSU, which we just talked about, is what the hell is going on at quarterback for Clemson? Like, yeah, Dabo says DJ uses his job, but if you're going to bench him mid game like that, like it's not like he's a, it's not like he's a freshman. Like, yeah, benching a dude 20... in his junior year, like, yeah, it's a twenty twenty three. Starting Notre Dame quarterback DJ Youngaleli. Honestly, honestly, I'll kind of take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was kind of wondering, but I mean, like, <laughs> he's fine. Like, he's not. He bad. is like, like he makes mistakes, obviously, but he is still a yeah. dynamic player. Notre Dame's big thing again. Already harped on it enough, but they need wide receiver talent. That they need something that makes a quarterback look better than what they are. Until they, you, you until think the, y'all look? You think y'all look to the portal? Yes, for quarterback or, or for receiver. I hope so. Yeah, Notre Dame. So this is one of those things where the academic standards come in because it is basically impossible to transfer to Notre Dame unless you are a graduate or a, a rising sophomore. Okay, like rising, rising juniors, rising, rising seniors for. I can't remember the specifics about it, but it is basically impossible to transfer in. So that's damn. That's, that's tough. yeah, it is tough. So it makes hunting for a portal player very difficult. Right, and that was one of the big criticisms was that they didn't go for a transfer wide receiver, and I think that's something that uh, Marcus Freeman is trying to work with the the school administration to yeah. kind of massage that a little bit. Um, I know. Because I mean, it, it worked yeah. with Brandon, Brandon Joseph this year was one that was able to do it, but he, he came from fucking Northwestern. So, of course, he's going to have the grades to get in and everything like that. So Yeah, yeah. Is that like a lack of like religion credits like or something like that? Or no? I'm not trying to like get in the weeds, but. Uh, foreign language credit, typically. Oh, okay. Okay. So, that, so, fun fact about LSU, Walker Howard actually was pretty much poised to commit to Notre Dame, but he did not have the foreign language requirement needed to get in. So his grades were the re- his grades quote unquote were the reason he fell through there. 
that's that it's hard to win all right it's hard yeah i mean it's it's hard to do that when you're when you're so hindered by the school it's hard to be a head coach like that you know yeah it, and the truth with all the whole Brian Kelly recruiting thing in Notre Dame was a little column A, a little column B. It is hard to recruit at Notre Dame because of the academic standards, especially that mm-hmm. foreign language credit for whatever reason. But yeah, he is also not a very active recruiter. Like the, both things can be true. Right. Yeah. That's that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. But they they should be looking to the portal to answer your question. As a round mm-hmm. circle back on that for both both positions, but. They have good court. They have good wide receivers coming in in the next couple of classes, and they have they have a five star quarterback coming in and CJ Carr, who I don't think he's going to reclassify at this point, but it's still been an ongoing discussion apparently. Um, okay, so that, that might end up happening. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. How about you, Bennett? What's your uh, b- any big takeaway from this past week? You had the bye week, so you had a chance to kind of chill out about it. Yeah, I mean, it's just a, a broad landscape. I'm happy to see all the coaches like uh, Brian Kelly taking steps forward and then yeah, seeing some other seeing some other coaches like uh, Mario Cristobal take a step back. I mean, like, just just seeing the, the larger landscape of things was nice. But I, I, like, I still don't know what's going on in the Big 12 or the Pac-12, really. I mean, like, they're still – I, I think, like, Dan Lanning – I think Oregon needs – God, I hate saying this. Like, they, they need to, like, extend him now. Yeah. Like, he, he was awesome during the UCLA game. Um, he seems like, like he knows what the hell he's doing. Yeah, and, I mean, he's he's been brought up through the right uh, – Programs. The, yeah, the right safeguards and everything. Like, I, he knows what he's doing. But, once again, it, it sounds like Oregon will probably be a Big Ten program at some point. So, it's – it's only a matter of time before he has like a large, large program on his hands. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But that, that's about it. Like, I mean, I think the, uh, I, I think Clemson, I think DJ still starts and yeah. I, I don't think K, K didn't show me anything to make him the guy. Mm-hmm. He's, he's not Trevor. He's not Trevor Lawrence. Like at the end of the day. Yeah. But it, it, like, it's his first start too. Like I'm, you got to give these guys time. Like they're not all going to be Trevor Lawrence out the gate. So it's, it's just, it's tough to project with these guys sometimes, especially with as few reps as we see them get. Uh huh. Yeah. I, I mean, he only threw the ball like four times. Like, yeah. How, how are you in that? It was just luckily Will Shipley was able to like break off some big runs and keep him in it. Yeah. Not nearly enough to go off, but all in all, it, it was, it's a parody is good for college football. And this week yep. was more evidence of that parody, I think. So it's, it's always nice to see actual questions about how this season is going to end up. Like obviously the top two, three teams, you kind of have an idea what's going to happen there, but there's still some questions there near the top of the top of the college football landscape there. And that makes it fun. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be really fun to see how the top three teams in the SEC play out. hundred percent. Uh, I can tell you that they're all going to make the playoff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're going to see about that. The three of them plus Ohio State. Yeah. (laughs) Clemson, I think, is the only shot at preventing that right now, and I don't know if that's going to hold up. No, I need need y'all to beat them. I would love that. that. Nothing would make me happy than seeing Clemson lose to Notre Dame. But uh, I think think we – 
covered enough of this of this past week here. Uh, we've got a combined down with the picnics and preview pod coming out in a couple days. So be on the lookout for that. We'll get that out so you guys can make all your picks. Um, fade me, or at least fade vacation me, vacation me. I think what might have hit one of my six. Hopefully I hit one. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm back for vacation. So maybe it'll, it'll even itself out. But uh, in the meantime, feel free to join the Discord, which will be linked in the episode description and on our Twitter, at TNTCFBpod. Uh, we try to chop it up about every day about what's going on in college football. We have we do live game threads and all that good stuff. We'll probably get do a live stream here of the game at some point. I want to get that done before before bowl season, before the conference championship games. But be on the lookout for the Down with the Picnic pod coming out in a couple of days, and we will see you guys later. In the meantime, don't tweet at recruits. Don't do don't, it. Don't, don't tweet them, guys. Don't do it. Thanks for coming on, guys, and thank you all for listening. You guys have a great time. Yeah, you too, and uh, go Tigers. <laughs> yeah, go Big Red.